we go. Log Talk Radio. Hey, this is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and you are listening to The Sexy Witches. How are you? 
I mean, I've been sick, have, so please excuse the hoarseness. So, <laughs> uh, well, I've done. You know how sick I've been, and when I've done the show, sometimes. So, you know, I oh yeah, it's big time. But thank you for being on, and you know, we'll get your con crud out of the way before you go. Yeah, right? I'm having it before I have to go, which is fantastic. Yeah. I'm just getting it out of the way now. Exactly. And I would say the way that was Fish Fight, just so you know. I'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, Fish Fight by Yen, Y-A-E-N. And we are so glad to hear from you, Erin Marie. And if you'll hold the line for a minute, we're going to bring on my other sexy witch co-host tonight. He is my regular L.A. correspondent, my cousin, and my sexy warlock of Orange County. And I just finally, we got to, since the show started, we hadn't actually seen each other. We finally saw each other in L.A. last <laughs> weekend. Uh, we Not only did we hang out and do cool things, we also went to Disneyland, too, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> always an adventure. I think you mean the so Holy Land. Levels. Oh, the Holy Land, uh, it, was, it was pretty crazy, and we'll talk about that in this first half hour a little bit, because uh, there's uh, definitely a lot of recapping to do on this first half hour, including an Otakon recap, which I'll do. Uh, so, uh, we, so, welcome to the show, my favorite sexy or pi- pirate dude, well, let me start over, he's not only my sexy warlock, but he's also, a, he does, used to host pirate parties, and like a Disney geek should, Pin trading till the cows come home. So please welcome to the show, Aaron Kogan. How are you doing, sir? Hey, much better for being here. Yeah. I'm so glad. I was so glad to yeah. see you and your wife and everybody else, for that matter, when I was down Hey, in the I South was Island. glad to see you, too. <laughs> yeah, I typed them together for a minute because I wanted to make sure you guys got to see each other face to face because that's what I was doing. It was FaceTime. Next man. time you so, have to come yeah. over, Aaron, you have to come over and play uh, Ghostbusters on the PS3 with us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm so down. That's that's all my daughter wanted to do. The evil genius was with us, and of course. I wouldn't have gone to Disneyland without a seven-year-old. Not that's ever stopped Aaron here from ever going to Disneyland, because he, you know, he'll go whenever. But I, you know, I have my daughter. I want to take her because she's seven, and seven is the best age to take people to Disneyland. And you know, I, and so that was awesome. But all she wanted to do other than that was sit on Aaron's lap and play Ghostbusters 3 on the PlayStation. It was pretty funny. <laughs> It's a good game. She, she's got good taste. Well, she does have good taste. I mean, it is a really well-rendered game. I mean, it, it, it's got good storyline. It even looks like the main characters, and they did the voices, and they wrote the scripts, and all that fun stuff. So, so Great dialogue. Yeah. Oh, rocking it old school. But good old school. Um, my daughter, it's funny because she doesn't usually play those games. And now she, you, you started something because, of course, we went to Otakon. I took her with me. Um, so uh, Otakon, guys, is the largest anime, one of the largest anime festivals on the East Coast. And for years and years, it was in, uh, it was in Baltimore. But this year, it was moved to Washington, D.C. at the Convention Center where AwesomeCon is also held. So it got twice the amount of space. Uh, and uh, the Baltimore Convention Center is, ca- is kind of falling apart, so people are kind of, like, leaving it. Um, so that's an issue for Baltimore. <laughs> They're having a big one that way. Um, but so so it was kind of interesting. So my friend uh, John Hazel came, and, of course, my 
stealer of souls, Kim Watts, my unofficial official photographer, uh, she came with us and I took the evil genius and we all went to Otakon for the day. I was given a, pa- a complimentary pass. Thank you to one of my Facebook friends, Rose. Unfortunately, uh, we did not get to meet while she was there. She wasn't there. Uh-huh. Uh, so you had to change her schedule. So I wasn't going to be able to say thank you in person. But thank you again, Rose, for the complimentary ticket to Otakon. It was worth it. It would have been worth the pay. It was actually a pretty good show. Uh, you know, it's not quite my thing. I'm not as into anime and Japanese culture as some people. I mean, there were people there that were that were like raised here in America and spoke fluent Japanese and and were talking to these people on the panels in fluent Japanese. And you're like, what are they saying? What are they saying? Wow. Um, you know, it, it was, but it was really neat that way too. Um, uh, so there was all this, there was like panels and the usual artist row, and there was a really nice setup for the cosplayers. I want to give them yeah. great props for the cosplayers because Awesome Con doesn't treat their cosplayers very well. Uh, I, I don't think they do, honestly. Now that I've seen what Otacon does, I'm definitely going to write into Awesome Con saying, hey, this is how you do it. Because last year, uh, Awesome Con has uh, the Washington, the convention center has one really long hallway. Erin Marie can attest to that. There's like one really long hallway. And what the cosplayers started doing at Awesome Con is they would walk up and down that and show off what they're wearing. So And so people would come down, amateur photographers, with their cameras and stuff and set up. And, you know, there's, there's decent brick walls and things, so you can get decent neutral shots of backgrounds on this hallway. And people would go and practice their photography, and it became kind of conditioned, you know, and people post on Facebook and they share it and everything. You know how it works now. Uh, and, and this year... Uh, somebody was selling, was trying to sell their wares. That's the only population you're not allowed to sell it. Okay, that's fine. Someone, someone like sold a photo or something this year, or was like, and so they just shut the whole thing down. Didn't allow about halfway through Saturday, they stopped all the photography at Awesome Con this year. Wow. And no, and, yeah. So they did not allow any of the. All the amateur photographers that have go tradition, all the people dressed up tradition, walk up and down. Uh, you know, so the only the only times that we're now going to be allowed, um, unless you're like you know amateur camera like like my small elf or something like that, but you're not allowed to set anything up or bring a really or your you know quality camera unless it's the group shot, right? Wow. Which, you know, all these things have a group of, like, you know, Game of Thrones at 9.35, you know, right, things like right. that. Uh, this, uh, Otakon had a, we went to this, the group shoot for Sailor Moon, and that was pretty cool, actually. I, I got to get those photos up because there was Sailor Moons. I didn't, I'm not a Sailor Moon property person, though I do know Sailor Moon Crystal's pretty cool, the new one. Uh, but there was one, I was like, what are they dressed like? I don't recognize them. It turns out it was a Sailor Moon only released in Japan. So I was like, oh, and it was a really smoking hot outfit, too. I got to put this photo up. Uh, you know, it was like this black, gothy Sailor Moon look. It was really bad. Nice. You know, yeah, Lydia would like that. <laughs> lots of midriffs, unfortunately. But it was cool. But we went to that, and that was fun. But so going back to Otakon, I shouldn't be dissing too much on Awesome Con because I usually like it. Um, Otakon had two places. They had the group shots all over the place. So, you know, you can hear, like, this company go there. But they also had a side studio area set aside 
for them. Uh, so it ha- with, with dra- backdrops and, and umbrellas and stuff, and for like like a small fee to rent the equipment, you could go and take photos of yourself. And I was like, that's perfect. Why don't they do that more often? Because, yeah, I would say, like, I know that sometimes uh, Scares the Cares does a similar thing, but not for cosplayers. They just, in general, they have some backgrounds, and cosplayers do use them. But this is different because, you know, the cosplaying is is on such a big scale. All these people want their photos, right? They're all wanting to pose. and uh, It was such a good idea. People were using it all day. There was never a major crowd in there, but people were always using it. And I just thought they were so much friendlier to the cosplayers than, than I've seen at other conventions. And I'm like, you know what? That's how you do it. Make them feel welcome. Let them take their photos. Enjoy themselves. You know, <laughs> but they they spent all that work on their costumes. Why not show it off? You know, and some of these people are super creative. Uh, that's my favorite part of going to conventions, anyways, is watching all the cosplayers because you know people come up with some amazing things. And I know that, like you know, Aaron, both Aaron's could attest because you know we got mm-hmm. Aaron Kogan has San Diego Comic Con, which is on its own level of cosplay. I mean, people cause like celebrities cosplay themselves sometimes, which is like, blows my mind at at San Diego. Then you have the other end, like Aaron Marie and people are doing their costumes out of love. And the costume contest is just so much fun, but it's on a very different vibe, but for a different, for scares that cares, you know, people are really put on, on their a game or even like dragon con or, or days of the dead, which is all about the makeup. You know, everyone has something special, and the cosplayers always, you know, I just think that people need to treat them better sometimes at the bigger shows. <laughs> so uh, hmm. I guess, it, how, how do they treat cosplayers at San Diego? I mean, I, I mean, I guess they're just so overwhelmed with everybody. There's like, you know, I guess it's, they just treat them all like the same. <laughs> it's actually pretty orderly. Um, I posted some photos of the long ass lines of people waiting to get their weapons peace bonded. And uh, we should probably talk about long beach comic cons, new rules about uh, weapons sometime uh, upcoming, but uh, everything seems to move pretty orderly. There's a space around the back of the convention center uh, stairs that have traditionally been the spot where everyone meets for their group, a Bioshock meetup and their, uh, Disney meetup and their Star Wars meetup and whatever else. And then there's tons of cosplayers up and down in front of the convention center and inside at the front outside of the hall. And then just randomly, you know, waiting in line with you and whatever. One of my absolute favorites this year was a brilliant mashup of Rick and Morty and uh, Fun, uh, Fury Road, uh, Mad Max Fury ah. Road. Uh, so, I mean, there were tons of Ricks this year, obviously, but this guy uh, did Rick as the warlord with uh, the full mask on his face and everything with a sign that said, do not friends become addicted to Szechuan sauce. And it was fucking genius. Uh, I think I posted that, uh, and then you reposted on uh, the Sexy Witches site. If not, I'll resend it. It, it's, you say it about like sometimes it's just like standing in line and stuff. And one of my favorite things about Otakon this year is that it was laid out a little differently than AwesomeCon. Um, the main floor, which is usually uh, which is our Hall H, which is called Hall D and E, 
okay, so it's our mm. equivalent of Hall H at Awesome Con, was actually not a main, was not the main stage, but that is where they put the video game room, which, by the way, I spent most of my time in there. I had a blast in the video <laughs> game room this year at Otacon, uh, and uh, I'll talk about that in a few moments. But, but the main oh, – That's where I spent my time. <laughs> there's two – I'm sorry, that's our that, <laughs> Yeah, there's two sets of escalators. And that section, and, and it actually really worked out because you go up to that floor and then you can go down the other and then get to the other sections. It actually kind of worked out. It was really good layout. I liked the layout a lot better, actually. I thought the layout was really good. So we go up, to, go up on there, and and you go down the other way. And so these these elevators are filled all day with people, right? So you got every type of cosplayer going up and down these moving stairway all day. And I didn't actually take a video of it. I really should have because it was like everybody Gandalf and Ash Ketchum and Disney princesses mm-hmm. and Latin America and you know lots of Moanas like I saw so many Moana cosplay and then the the guy uh the rock plays I saw a few of them too with Maui. full hooks which was really nice yeah Maui nice. with the full hooks and I got a picture yeah. with the evil genius in one of them uh you know it, it was the the Love cosplay was fantastic uh, at this place, uh, you know, the vendors' room was okay. Uh, the vendors' room was a little bit repeat from Awesome Con because you know it's local, so you get some of these repeat vendors. Uh, so, uh, and the San Diego Comic Con mystery box guys were there, uh, but I didn't buy a mystery box, but they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was actually some hentai stuff uh, represented on the floor, so there was that too. There was, and then occasionally there would be another booth that's like, no more hentai, no more hentai. So you had protesters on the other side too. So it was kind of funny, but uh, and the industry was on the floor. So Funimation was represented, uh, you know, and Crunchyroll, of course. Crunchyroll had a huge presence there, everywhere they were, just all over the place. Uh, you know, so all these big things. Uh, the video game room though was my favorite, and that was where our big hall D and E was. First of all, they had an entire wall on the back devoted to Dance Dance Revolution and various versions of that, which was, like, hysterical because I needed to – I said, this is research for the movie I'm going to be in because I've never actually played Dance Dance Revolution. My daughter had, so we played it a couple of times while I was there. And then in between that door and that wall is, is filled with tables with an independent game section and just set up with various games of all sorts, some versus games on one table, the like the mist-type games in another. We, Lily, um, the Evil Genius and I would play uh, Mario Tennis a lot on the PlayStation mm. 4, and that was a lot of yeah. fun. Um, uh, they had arcade games in the back. They had this driving game that could, you can sync up two together and now race each other in HD. Uh, and I was like, that is just really cool. <laughs> like a lot of people, they had two of them. Two, they had four games, two pieces each set up. My favorite game, and I took some photos of it, was called Wadako, though. Okay, so you know, everyone knows what Guitar Hero is, right? Well, Badako oh, yeah. is one of those big, large drums, right, in Japan. So this is like Guitar Hero right. for Wadako drums. And it is, oh. I don't know why this isn't in the U.S. There's no English. This, you know, I couldn't understand a word they were saying, hardly. Uh, but it was the best game. I mean, I could have drummed hmm. on that thing for hours if there wasn't people everywhere. We enjoyed, I, I love that game. It was great. Um, and uh, on the outskirts of them, there was a tournament happening. They were doing, of course, Smash Brothers. That was the biggest tournament of the day. Everyone was playing Smash Brothers. 
uh, and um, there was this other game, uh, dance game, where you didn't have a pad. They had two different versions of it. They had the PC version, of, you know, they had the home version of it on a big screen, and then they had the arcade version. Um, it, 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 so like, I guess it's like motion capture, like an Xbox, but it can play up to four people, and, okay. and the, the video is really good. You can follow the moves. And they dance like real people. And the the uh, the one in the home version actually had real songs. So I danced to September and uh, Justin Bieber song, and you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of really good stuff. And it was really great because sometimes the video would play back the people dancing. And of course, it's not just the four people. There's like 30 of us doing it, and it's really neat to watch everyone doing the dance together. It looked like we we're at a glee or something. So that was actually really awesome. Uh, you know, so uh, so video games were awesome, and even on the small level, um, if you have an Android phone, there's a free game called Mama Hawk, uh, and I love this game. My daughter played the same a lot. I highly recommend Mama Hawk. Mama Hawk is a game. It's like we said, you can already get it on on Android, where you are a hawk and you have to fly down and grab mice. Hmm. And other animals, and bring them back to the to the nest and feed them to the to, unless they grow up. If you don't feed them, they starve and die, and the game is over. Oh. Uh, so there's an arcade game version coming out later this year, but the 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 Android one and soon the iPhone one will come out soon. And Lily, I mean, she was just playing it, and I I was talking to the the woman that was running the program, and she was totally a geek. Really excited about the show. I hope she's listening. Hey, what's up, Mama Hawk ruled. Uh, <laughs> so as soon as I can get some space on my computer, because I don't have any space on my computer or my phone, I'm going to try to upload it. Because I could have gotten a free sticker if I had uploaded it then, but my phone is just way too full of, like, photos because I haven't had any breaks. I haven't been uploading anything. It's all still trapped on my phones and cameras and stuff. So... I know it's kind of an excuse, but anyway, it means I need to get off my ass and do some work. That's what I mean. But uh, but anyway, so that's Otacon. That was what I did, um, you know. And then of course, uh, Aaron Marie, we we went to L.A. and I told you about the Disneyland and all that. And I still think Pirates of the Caribbean is still my favorite ride of all time. Haunted Mansion probably is my favorite dark ride of all time. I know they they're both dark rides, but they're just so close. I often have to switch back and forth, which one's my favorite, but they're both great on so many levels. It's technically, technically, I think they're referred to as attractions, but I know exactly yes. what you mean. Those are the best. Yeah, they're the best. They're still the best. They are the best. Um, you know, uh, it was fun. I, I loved the evil genius. Uh, we met a person, her uh, mom and the kid, mom, mom was named Angela, and she was also excited about the show. We totally geeked out. It was a great time. The kids were the same age. So much fun. And we all did Space Mountain together, and that was awesome. And we got off the, we got off the ride, and my daughter yells, best ride ever! <laughs> like that. And I was so proud. I was like, yes, because it is the best ride ever. You know, it really is. And they, they fixed it up a couple years back. And they added the soundtrack. Boy, did that improve that ride. And it, I've ridden yeah. the one in Orlando since then, too. And this one's still better than the one in Orlando, even though the one in Orlando is larger. This one's a lot. I, I don't, there's just something about the original Space Mountain that's just – it just the way it's when you're spiraling and how it actually gets, seems to get faster and faster, and then it suddenly ends. I mean, it, it is really <clears throat> off the chain. So much fun. So hmm. – um, 
now that I've rambled and routed, um, Erin Marie, before we go to Rick and Morty, uh, do you have yeah. anything you want to talk about? Before, and we'll talk about Monster Mania later, but um, anything else? I'm completely drawing a blank. I will say oh, that no. a really good... W- I would I will say that a really good watch whether you're going to do it for the, what remains of the summer or if you want to have something for fall the TV show Grimm on NBC Lydia and I finally finished it six seasons it just ended this year and it is phenomenal I mean we are obsessed with it so that would be like the oh. only thing I've really done with my last couple of weeks <laughs> preacher Watch Preacher. Mm-hmm. I oh still yeah, need to watch I gotta Preacher. do that. Uh, I just finished. Well, I, we just I just started watching Game of Thrones with the kids to uh, refresh them, and I'm just not ready to let it go since there's only like two episodes left. I know, shortest season ever. What the hell, man? <laughs> but at least it's... the finale, they're giving us 81 minutes. Uh... Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I mean, that's all I've been movie. discussing. That's all I've been discussing for the past couple of weeks. So I, I'm so angry at this season, yet at the same time, I like there's just moments I'm just geek out. But like the writing is just, oh my god, what what happened? They lost their focus or something. But then you get moments like John and the Dragon, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I'm very excited by this season. I, I am just frustrated by certain characters. <laughs> oh, like, like I just so wanted to tell Sam to shut the hell up and let her what finish did, talking. Right? That's what I'm talking about when it comes to bad writing, because this, even in the more stressful situation of a fucking battle with the wildlings, okay? Remember, he had to fight the battle of the wildlings. He also had to kill two whites in front of her, okay? You know, he, she, he's never not ever dismissed her, ever. And suddenly, like, you know, he's just frustrated from reading. And just, it, it was so out of character. It's not frustrated him. from reading. It's frustrated from not being taken seriously, not being listened yeah. to, although he did. Changing I mean, why didn't he just pants. speak up? Why didn't he just speak up and say, look, I killed a White Walker myself. I know this to be true. I know. I, I, I Like, there's just some things of, like, you know, and so it was, and the converse-wise, it was absolutely refreshing Spoiler: When Gendry walks <laughs> up to John and goes, "Ha, I'm Gendry. I'm Robert Baratheon. I'm the son of Robert Baratheon. Our 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 dads used to be friends." I thought that was you're so you're short. Oh you're, you're thinner than I thought. Well, you're short. <laughs> <laughs> Instant but friends. See, difference between bad and he's a badass with a hammer. Writing. Come on. Oh my Not God! Did you notice that the hammer has the stag on it? Does it have the Baratheon stag? Yes, on it? it has the stag. Well, you know, I, I, nice I paused detail. it and I made sure. That. Nice. Yeah, I told Gendry you this is what I've been doing. <laughs> right if, if on. You, if you read, he might actually have a legitimate claim to the throne. He might not be a bastard. Uh, I forget who he was. Well, but, um, there, you know, the, the Baratheon actually a, like. Well, I like, think Baratheon only mom. married Cersei, though, right? Well, but what I they were got... reading, 
what what Sam said, what Gilly was reading, I mean, John is a true Targaryen. He was oh, yeah, no. born within yeah, the not, not a bastard. That is not only a that. legitimate claim to the throne. Throw in. That means Daenerys' claim is sub to his. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, he's first in line now. Uh, we always kind of knew. I always knew they were married. I'm sorry. I always said. I, uh, I said, if we're going to go, there's no way that rape story is true. There was no way, like, Rhaegar no. Targaryen would have had the mountain rape Lyanna Stark. It just did not ever, like, no. You know, I've been reading up. Rhaegar Targaryen is a hero. You know, and, and what that also means is that he, uh, the rightful heir to the throne was murdered over pretense. And Robert Baratheon mm. usurped the throne. Which is another issue now we have to think about is that the, the throne was actually usurped, even though because Jamie probably would have still killed the Mad King, right? Uh, so yeah, right. But he Jamie was. I mean, that's why they call him the usurper. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they call he called the Mad King, and, and so that would have made Rhaegar Targaryen the king of the Five Kingdoms. So uh, you know, so that would also mean that John is first in line, and Danny has to step aside. Um, the only way that that's going to work is if they get married. Now they're both Targaryen. The possibility of an aunt marrying the nephew, or I mean, yeah, the aunt marrying a nephew, or however it's going to work. I guess it'd be nephew. Yeah, it'd be nephew. Would be allowed. Uh, <laughs> Targaryens, because dragon blood. Uh, I don't. Now the rest of Westeros, maybe not. So who knows how that's going to go down? Hmm. Are, the, are, are, are the writers going to be willing to go there? I don't think they're going to need to. I, I I honestly think that there's a way that they can work out and both rule parts of the kingdom and be peaceful and happy. But, you know, that's just not the way that King's Landing works. <laughs> I, it is not the I, way that is, Westeros works. This is my prediction. They're going to hook up. They are. At some point, they're going to hook up. It's just going to, something's going to draw them and they're going to do the nasty and it's going to be a hot scene and everything. And then they're going to find out right afterwards. I'm I'm pretty I like when Sam took the books I'm like Gilly just make sure that you took the book you were reading bitch because <laughs> that's very important. Yeah, no, and and that Meister also took notes on everything. That was one of the problems with that book is that everything was accounted for, but if that's in there and that's happened, then there might be more right past that because a lot of shit went down all at once and the Meister was there recording it. Right. So, uh, you know, that exactly. book would be really, really important. Um, so the and I still, and I still hold in for, I still hold in for the fan theory that it's entirely possible that Tyrion is also a Lannister. I mean, I think the two scenes with the dragons, what? yes, I have read that fan theory and I think it holds water. It would also mean, uh, that Tywin had a genuine legitimate reason to hate him. Mm. That it's Even just not his killing son. his wife in childbirth. Yeah, right. I I did ah, I did hear that. That's a natural I, occurrence, though. So I uh, I do think that, say it that has, if it was your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you Tywin think about it, it's remarried. medieval times. They don't have great things, but exactly. Yeah. I, I honestly Man, think he was that an asshole. So yeah. Tyrion Tywin went down asshole, there. He but... he handled. He handled the dragons by himself. I don't think it would have happened if he hadn't been dragon's blood also. Mm, Um, It's an interesting theory. 
I, I actually, even if he doesn't have uh, dragon's blood, he could very well be one of the heads of the three dragons because because uh, uh, he does know a lot about dragons. He is actually in the in the story. He is the he knows more about dragons than Danny does. Uh, so I mean, mm. he solved the issue of why the, why the animals kept going after certain types of food. He solved a lot of stuff, you know, like burnt, you know, like you know they like their meats a certain way, like humans, you know. And he knows all this stuff about dragons because he's read because every he's always book in Castlerly Rock. <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, so and Tyrion is also very ingenious. So uh, you know, in the book and they and they do it. They did. I think they did it in the first season too. Remember, he designed for Bran a a, a saddle for him, oh, so yeah. he could ride horses. You know, right. so we know he can do all sorts of things. Maybe he could build a saddle for a dragon. What do you think? Wouldn't That'd seem awesome. unlikely. No, I don't think so. Entirely think possible. possible. Yeah. yeah. Not just that, I, I, but I mean, I know next. Uh, did you hear the roar in the promo for the next one? The ice dragon is going to come in the next episode. I'm just like waiting for it. Yes. An ice dragon. I know. Well, I ice dragon. Ice dragon. I mean, they have white? ice giants. The White Walkers, well, yes, mean, all things that are dead in the north. If the walkers have an ice dragon, that'll suck for a lot of people. <laughs> so we don't want to know about that. But let's see. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Right now, we're not fighting the big war. This is just a reconnaissance mission with the Suicide Squad of Westeros. So, you know, <laughs> um, and that's what people have been calling him on the web, and there's memes all over the place. Other people have been yeah. calling him the Avengers, <laughs> but I think I think I think the the I think they're more like the Suicide Squad because, like you know, at this point the Hound's like, "Fuck it, we're all gonna die anyways. I'm gonna just go take these guys on on their own turf." You know, <laughs> the Hound is a badass that way. Uh, you know, at least his writing's relatively consistent. So who the hell's got them in that cell? Once again, how did you get those three in a cell unless they wanted to be in one? Because there's no way. There's no way without they were waiting. including half of your men, widely or not. <laughs> so, I, oh, um, well, also, I don't know. I it was wildlings. And, I mean, yeah, and, and Tormund is a badass, too. I mean, you can't, like, forget yeah. Tormund's dying Spain. I mean, he did, used to kill giants. Did you bring the bleak, got, did you bring the big blonde one? <laughs> did you bring the big woman? Yeah, and he looks so disappointed. And you know what? I am a little, too, because Brianna should be part of that party. I mean, granted, her oh, alignment God, is way awesome. farther yeah, but that would be like the icing on the cake of Brienne of Tarth was part of that mission. And she would be a badass at it. She would be, well, you know, her and the Hound have both, like, you know, they gone to blows. But, you know, I guess she's going to be more involved in the little finger Arya Stark bullshit that's going on. And if this is really how the writers think, Arya should not be fooled that easily. And if that's, I hope it's a double double cross. And they do it the next episode because I just Me thought he's really gonna be fooled that easily by Littlefinger. Like <laughs> no, absolutely like, not. No, no. She, she even if she's emotionally involved with finding a note from Sansa, she still has enough training in her mind to keep her from losing her cool. You know that. Well, I mean, you not just that, was, but but that was completely written under duress, and she's gonna yeah. realize this. 
Well, and, and also, it just seemed so like you wanted me to find this kind of thing, right? It, it, it seemed obvious. Of course, he right. he knew she, he was being followed. He's not, you know. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I let's see. Like I said, uh, inconsistent writing back and forth on this season. I I don't know. Maybe I think it leads sets the writers. Mm. I, I think Could there's be. a plan, and and they're just setting things up. Let's Especially so. when all the Valerian steel in Westeros is headed north, if it's not already there. Because Sam has his family sword, there's John's, there's Brienne's who has Jamie's, and um, the dagger. All the Valerian steel that exists is in the north. Plus all the dragonglass uh, that's just been freshly mined. Exactly. So is that true? All of them are in the north now? Even the dagger now, because Arya has it. Yeah, because um, Sam yeah. is headed there. So once Sam gets there, all the Valerian steel that is in existence will be in the north. Yeah, and you're right. But well, except for where? No, there's one that's not, and that is Jamie's sword. Danny's sword is the other one to Oathkeeper. It was Joffrey's sword, and that's right. a mix of. Yeah. It's it's not a pure Valerian steel. Uh, but it's a hybrid. That's why it has a red hue to it, because it was one of the red swords. Um, so uh, that's the other one. But the, the all the uh, Stannis' sword, what happened to it? Do we know? Stannis had a flaming no. sword. And so did Thoris Amir. I would assume Thoris Amir took a sword with him. Uh, to Or was that Beric Donredin that has the flaming sword? It might be Beric. And Thoris Amir is bringing him back to life. So I might have reversed that. But anyway, they have a flaming sword with them on the expedition. Yep. But there's another flaming sword out there. Where is Stannis Baratheon's sword? He was, might have been useless mostly, but his sword wasn't. So where is I that? I don't remember Who that. Oh, only, only Brianna would know where it is. I mean, she was the last one to see him. If if she had it, if he had it on her, uh, the only other person I could think of possibly know where that sword is would be Melisandre, and she's not going to tell anybody anytime soon. Uh, so uh, she's already high. She's on a boat somewhere. Knowing um, this year's uh, nonlinear timeline, it's probably actually like she <laughs> she's somewhere in like um, you know marine by now. Even. Well, so, there's there's no there's no point in showing just months of rowing. You got to allow for time passage. <laughs> well, but the problem is it's it, it is that yeah a lot of these are overlapping storylines and we know that and if you really play it out you can kind of figure it out and map it out but the problem is they're doing it so quick they're doing it for TV editing that it feels like we're yeah. just snap snap snap. And then, you know, they don't go, oh, but now we're going back another 10, you know, 10 months and we're doing it and we're going to work back up to that point. They're not telling you that. They're not plotting it out for you. And, and it Well, a the, lot of last season's reveals happened that way uh, by going back and forth with the Three-Eyed Raven and the different timelines. Well, and, and the books, remember, two of the books happened simultaneously. And they ha- he had to write two separate books to get those stories across. So, you know, uh, it's not unprecedented in the books that this is how it was written, that, you you know, you do a huge chunk of this, and that ends, and then you do a huge chunk of that, right? So, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, but I still, like I said, there's a few things that I found, like, uh, you know, like this year, like, I actually am probably the only person that thought that the uh, battle of the um, wagons was a little on the cheese ball side. 
Uh, what? <laughs> I know. I, I okay. There were some fabulous moments. Once again, my favorite one is when he ashed all those guards and then they floated away in the wind. That was just like yeah. the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. I was like, that is instant just cremation. Braun and Jamie should at least have been on fire when they hit the water. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You he didn't have time to blow. No. He, he, no they no. were already out of the path. Although I do think that the people that were close so. to, that were close to the, uh, who was it that was executed? It was House. Oh, oh it was, uh, Yeah. Poor Dickon and his so father. Dick and Tarly and Lord Tarly. Yeah, I feel yeah, really bad. Yeah, exactly. I felt Yeah, but those soldiers that were cowering and kneeling, they, they were on. way too close to those flames. They definitely would have been on fire or at least well, cooked and, inside their suits. Well, and that's the thing. Okay, they might not have been, like, totally aflame, but, you know, even if they, they were a point-blank range and the heat alone should have been enough to cause problems, would have singed at least. But both of them jump in the water and swim with full armor across the lake. That doesn't happen. Yeah. But, not but Braun doesn't have heaven. armor. He wears leather. He doesn't wear armor. No, but Jamie. That was the only reason he didn't armor. think. Jamie yeah. has and they're full both armor. Olympic level swimmers, obviously, and yes, somehow the hand. horses, the horse was both horses were able to go just perfectly along the beach. But five feet over, it's the Mariana Trench. Hey, I've seen drop-offs like that before. <laughs> okay. They do occur in nature. <laughs> that was so convenient. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like I've watched. I've watched these convenient. episodes at least. I've, lost, I've watched these episodes at least three apiece. So I'm, I'm paying attention to detail and pausing and rewinding and <laughs> doing everything. I still think I wish almost wish Strogon was dead. I actually know that's terrible to say, but I thought for yeah. sure Kyburn, Kyburn had poisoned that, that spear. They called it a scorpion for crying out loud. I was just like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's dying, but no, he didn't even notice like he had an injury. He was completely fine. So I guess, I well, guess we no, don't have did. to, it, it, George R. R. Martin would have killed Drogon. I just want to say that. Mm. He would have. So, anyway, let's leave that alone for now because I think our guest is on and I'm going to introduce her right now. And first things first, though, let's let me out. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Morty, Jessica, what's up? Check out the new dance I made up. It's called Ooh, Let Me Out. Let Me Out. <laughs> let Me Out. This is not a dance. I'm begging for help. I'm screaming for help. Please come let me out. Let, let me, me out. out. Let me, me out. out. This is not a dance. I'm begging for help. I'm screaming for help. Please come let me out. I'm dying in a vet in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. That last part was really weird. Maybe Summer's onto something here. So my guest tonight is a longtime Facebook friend of mine, an actress, director, writer, and model. She's here tonight to talk about, oh, yeah, Rick and Morty with us, Sexy Witches, and look for her, her found footage film, Oh, Unilateralis. We talked about it earlier on an episode. Go back and look at that. 
Um, look for her for person in person this weekend at Gen Con, and at the end of this talk, we will talk a little bit about that. Please welcome back to the show our sexy uh, witch from Portland, Michelle Nesk. How you doing? Hi. Welcome. You're uh, on I'm, the sexy I, witches. Thank you. I'm actually uh, from Washington. Oh, are you from Washington? <laughs> oh wow. yeah, yeah. My notes are wrong. Okay. Well, actually, I didn't it's even. Write. I, I, I. Okay, you're from Washington. <laughs> so okay, let's let's. Well, I, I'm, I'm not from the there. I'm an again. implant. But it's all good. I love you. That was okay. nice. Thank you. I'm sorry. I fucked up. I fucked up. No, I'm just uh, here to infiltrate. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually. I didn't actually have um, the the where you were from, and I was like, oh, I think it's Portland. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> I have this mind that you're in Portland all the time because you post in Portland. Well, I am. So I guess yes. Okay, so yes. I'm not completely crazy I am in about Portland that. A lot. Yeah, okay, yeah okay. I, I do a lot of filming in Portland. Ooh. Yeah. It's almost well, scarier having a window without a balcony because, like, it's such a long window and it's a long way down. That's crazy. Oh, well. Okay, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was it's okay. My, my current house, uh, <laughs> we, before I put the deck on it, there was actually a French door that opened up to a uh, just like a piece of wood. And if, you, if that wood wasn't there, you would have fell to your death. So I, I get That's it. Amazing. Uh, so you know, no good. So well, anyway, welcome to the show, Miss Michelle Nesk of 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 Washington, uh, the great state up there. Uh, welcome. We are going to talk about Rick and Morty tonight, and thank you for coming on to want to talk about Rick and Morty because we are all fans of the show at various levels. We have super crazy, insane fan Aaron Cogan. Uh, from Orange mm-hmm. County on the line, and uh, he, he's going to talk about his uh, adventures at San Diego Comic Con's Rick and Morty panel. And then nice. Aaron Marie and I are fans that are just getting acquainted with the show. As a matter of fact, a year ago this time, I had still had not seen a single episode. I am pleased to say that I fixed that. Uh, I've seen a lot of episodes, so I've never seen any of them in chronological order. So I don't know how many I've actually missed. Uh, I am watching the current season, so I am caught up with the current season. And Erin uh, Marie, how far along are you on any Rick and Morty? Uh, I have seen probably the first four or five episodes and then a handful of episodes here and there. I mean, I find it funny, but I haven't just sat down and binge-watched it. Uh, it, 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 it. You have to be careful with the binge-watch because it gets very addictive very quick. So Queenie Todd, is, uh, who unfortunately could not be with us tonight, uh, a girl and oh. also in Washington, uh, she's a huge fan of, of the show. And she actually, mm-hmm. on her most recent video, uh, it talks about Rick and Morty. Uh, so I will post that so she can have her say as well, uh, even though she's not here tonight. So, um, Michelle, lead off. Talk about your experience with Rick and Morty, and what, how do you, what, how did you get addicted? How how did it come into your life, and are you addicted to the show? I saw it uh, the first episode the night it premiered, and I watched it with my family, and we were super in love with it. And uh, to date, I'm completely caught up. Uh, it's brilliant in. Even when it hits lowbrow uh, moments, there's uh, kind of a fluctuation that keeps you entertained. Uh, I, I don't know, I guess intellectually. 
Um, my favorite is probably the Unity episode. And, um, yeah, I, I love uh, Unity. I feel really weird just going on about mm. a cartoon, but I do love that cartoon so damn much. So it's kind of easy. <laughs> well, well, this is Animation Augers, so we like to embrace our, 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 our cartoons. And once again, I want to say this, cartoons oh, yeah. are not for kids in other countries. It's a phenomenon that's almost specifically American. And so Adult Swim, if it was in Japanese, would be completely, you know, people would be okay with it, right? You know, it would be, oh, another weird anime, but it's American. So people go, oh, my God. You know, but I, I love the show myself. I find um, I, I like some of the science episodes more than the um, dysfunctional family episodes. So I have to say the dysfunctional family episodes in the new season have been absolutely funny. Oh, my God. Especially the Pickle Rick episode. I, I, my favorite scenes <laughs> were Susan Sarandon in, uh, in, the, in the shrink's office. I mean, it was brutal and beautiful and wonderful <laughs> and horrible all at the same time. Uh, and that's exactly what this show is. Brilliant and beautiful and horrible and wonderful and terrible all at the same time. Because, I mean, what I really love. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Um, no, no, go ahead. What ahead. I really love is two episodes prior, uh, he stated that he forgot how to improvise. Do you remember that? Um, throughout, like, his uh, mental data transfer into host to host, uh, that he. Oh forgot how to improvise and oh yeah and and the thing is is that um pickle rick that's two episodes later and i i would say that's a hell of a lot of improvision yeah. <laughs> he does have to improvise a lot to survive pickle rick uh, uh, I, yeah. I i like how you go god i love me <laughs> you know anyway i love that Rick is such well, a horrible bastard. Well, you know Rick is a narcissist. Yeah, but it's, you know, it, I think we kind of love the horrible bastards in our shows. Like, look at Homer Simpson. He's a man who drinks, uh, neglects his family, always puts them into, you know, the grips of poverty. Uh, is, um, oh, what's the word? Salacious? No, not salacious. That's a different word. Um, licentious there we go and uh, you know and he abuses his son so uh, we always kind of take this major character and put him as like the head patriarch of the family and he's horrible but you know it's a solid formula it works so if you want to compare and, Rick with Homer Simpson, though, I would actually say Homer Simpson arguably is the better parent. I mean, Rick doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> anybody but himself. I mean, Morty may be sure. the only one he cares about. He definitely doesn't care about his daughter. I mean, he wasn't his daughter for yeah. most of her life. And the first time he asked her to go out to drink was, oh, the, was this last episode, you know, right after Pickle Rick. You know, Dan so, Harmon uh, has actually described Rick and Morty as a combination of The Simpsons and Futurama. So, actually, I think Homer's and back a pretty to the future. good. Homer and Bender oh, yeah. are actually pretty good uh, touchstones for Rick Sanchez. Uh, 
Bender is just brilliantly evil, though. I, I Bender's still gonna be my one of the like awesomest, evilest characters ever. I, I love Bender. I agree. I love when people cosplay Bender too, because you can do so much. You can get away. I've seen cosplayers get away with so much shit playing Bender. You know, saying things that they should not say, but Bender would totally oh, yeah. say them, so it's okay. You know, very Someone cosplayed as. Do you remember the episode <laughs> where uh, Bender? Uh, was intimidated by the new robot, so he went back to nature and he replaced his body with wood. Someone cosplayed Wooden Bender, and it was brilliant. Comic-Con three years ago. It was just beautiful. I've seen a couple... Yeah, me too. Uh, I've seen a couple of steampunk benders that were really awesome. You know, uh, You know, there's lots of... Lots of things you can do with Bender. But let's go back to Rick and Morty. There's a lot of cosplay of Rick and Morty as well. I, I see Ricks oh, yeah. everywhere. Everywhere there's Ricks. Occasional bird persons. I, I have seen two bird persons. Yep. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Because, I mean, I don't think people uh, cosplay bird person very much. Uh, uh, it, let me ask the panel here. Um, let's start with Erin Marie. If you could cosplay what you've seen, one person on Rick and Morty, who would you cosplay? Or one of your kids. You can have it be one of your kids as well. The, uh, the, the, the me things. You know what I'm talking about. The blue things that, like, oh, my God, me-sics? they replicate. The me Yeah, those guys. Yeah. Mr. Me-sics. Uh, me-sics. Good choice. Good choice. All right, Michelle, what about you? Oh, hmm. Come back to me. Uh. Hmm? Come back to you. All right. We'll come back. Uh, just for the record, be, I would probably actually do Rick Sanchez because I do mad mm-hmm. scientist. So, so he goes in my mad scientist collection. All right, Aaron Kogan, what about you? Nice. You probably have an answer to that. Pickle Rick. What do you? Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. <laughs> you pickle look like Pickle Rick too. I, I, you look. <laughs> just um, uh, a week or so before the episode, they came out with the black and white animate animatics online, and it's just it the. The violent scene with the rats is, yes. is beautiful and horrifying. And his musculature of dead rat parts, and oh, it's awesome. In his final speech and, to the Alpha, oh, that's like, that was my favorite part of the whole episode. Well, other than Pickle <laughs> Rick sitting and, oh, yes. No, no, I was going to also say, um, Dan, don't forget Danny Trejo is guest voicing along with Susan Sarandon on this episode. Jaguar. So there's so much, so much to love mm-hmm. on this that episode, the Pickle Rick episode. I think you could dissect Season it forever. Season three is chock full of guest stars. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, 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 is it, who was on this, this last one with the uh, what you call it? What were they called again? The I can't indicators right now. Vindicators, the Vindicators three. part yeah, three. So, yeah. Part, so who, there were some guest voices on there, wasn't there? Yeah, there mm-hmm. were. Who were they? Yeah, Do you remember? And, yeah, um, we had, um, uh, what's his face? Gosh darn it. Um, uh, who's <laughs> also on Archer, another one of my favorite shows. Um, Christian Slater. Uh, Christian Slater, Christian Slater. That's thank right. you so much. Christian that's Slater. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, from Community. Uh, we we had our, our our Community Rick and Morty crossover. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
man, her name's on the tip of my tongue, too. Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, we had Logic, the rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Ending the whole thing. That was kind of brilliant. So, oh, you were talking about Jillian. Well, we got, I finally was able Thank to pull you. it up. So we got yes. uh, Jillian, Jillian Jacobs. Jillian, Thank you. Jillian Jacob was in Supernova, and then Maximus Renegade Star Soldier was Christian Slater. Um, Logic right. was Logic. Um, my favorite was the Ant Man. I thought Tom. That was one of. That's a Tom Kelly. The million Ants. But yeah, Jillian J. You know, Million Ants was awesome. He was like my favorite character on that episode. So, um, <laughs> uh, I, I, and by the way, my my husband. If you asked him what he would cosplay for Mick, Morty, he would say Mr. Poopy Bunghole. Uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole. Uh, Mr. So, Poopy uh, yeah, Butthole, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I, that's what he would yeah, say. I would say either Mr. Poopy Butthole or Evil Morty. I think you would be great as both of those things. Evil uh, Morty you know. is awesome. Awesome. I've been, I like, it, it would be fun to do. And oh, easy. man, there's just so much you can do with this show. It's not funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've only heard one person speak ill of, of Dan Harmon at a, at a horror convention once. And I was like, he's like, even, he's like the only person I've heard. Everyone else, though, I, I, I just like raves about Rick and Morty and Dan Harmon and all the people that do write on well, the show. Well, Dan Harmon and, also did oh. Community, and that was yeah. really huge. You know, yeah, I so. freaking love Community. And that had a lot of geek cred too, right? I didn't watch much of it, but I heard it has a lot of geek cred. So oh, it, uh, it does. It does. It, yeah, it was so. a fun show, and I hate yeah, sitcoms. Okay. So that's saying something. Anyway, two of my favorite. Go ahead, go ahead, Michelle. What is? And you hate what? Oh, I said oh, uh, I. I loved Community, and it had a lot of geek cred, and I hate sitcoms. So. It's oh. really saying something for me to say. I was down with community. Community yeah. Oh, yeah. is a gateway drug for me, which led me into other sitcoms. And right now I'm watching The Middle, and I'm just so intrigued as to what that family's going to do next. Hmm. Well, the Middle just got canceled, didn't it? No. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> But, I'm so yeah, sorry. But no, that a lot of things are getting okay. canceled. I, I was following I the Real gonna... O'Neills, and that got canceled early in its second season. Well, I, I, really I believe though they're going to finish the season. I, I think they're not. I think they're going to write an ending to the show. I don't think it's just going to end. The Real O'Neills. I did hear. Awesome. I did hear it was going to end. Yeah, it only made it to episode 16, and then they they canceled the rest of the season. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. I thought that show was brilliant. Me too. It was hysterical. Yeah. It will be canceled after the upcoming season nine. Variety is confirmed. Yep. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I know. I want to give you a hug over the radio. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a bad person to give bad news. Let's go back to happier things in Rick and Morty. And I and I wanted to say, like, one of the reasons why I love this Six show seasons is that. Movie. They, they sometimes do, like, c- continuity. Like, their continuity is impeccable. Like, their science fiction yeah. is actually very, very good. Yet they also <laughs> do really opposite and improv stuff that is absolutely hysterical. Like, two of my favorite episodes contrast this perfectly. The one, I forget the name of it, but it talks 
it's the episode where Rick uh, accidentally they split into um, into exist multiple planes of existence at the same time, and the only way they can right. get the timelines back together is if they sync up all the timelines and they do the exact same mm-hmm. thing at the exact same time. That is totally Doctor Who type level science fiction. It was awesome. I loved it. I like. Absolutely adored it. There's not a lot of like their, uh, you know, their potty humor or anything in it, though. There's still plenty represented because <laughs> like Rick Sanchez is just hysterically P- un PC. He's great. And then, and then the other one, and they've done two of those episodes now where they've gotten like really, really high, and they do the intergalactic cable episodes where they like it's just Rick flipping channels through fake, through fake cable mm-hmm. station TV shows, and they just literally got like they just improv those bits. Those bits are fully improv. Matter of fact, a couple of them, if you listen to them, they go into laughter or they just kind of end weird or yeah. something, you know. <laughs> Uh, and, and they're, but they're but they're really really funny, and, and those episodes are great. And I can't wait to see what they said they did do one for this season. So I can't wait to see this that episode right this season. So let's can't keep wait. our fingers crossed. Yay! Woo! Okay. So um, Dan um, Harmon has said that uh, Doctor Who and what else did he mention? Uh, oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He said oh, were what about Back to the kind Future? of inspirations for the science fiction side of it. And, of course, the whole overarching thing is, is very Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, came out of the really very pornographic <laughs> uh, uh, Doc and Mahardy uh, thing that uh, Royland had created Way, way, way back Prior when. Prior to Rick and Morty, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like grotesque. Like I would not watch that show actually, but I love it. <laughs> you so you, you know what it reminded me of? You know? it, it, reminded, it reminded me of Spike and Mike's Twisted uh, Animation Festival. It, it's something yeah. that oh, would yeah. have completely worked in there. And I guess what it came out of was something called Channel 101. It was a short film festival. <laughs> where everybody came up with pilots and whatever the audience approved uh, went on to become uh, a series or a web series or whatever. And that's when uh, uh, Harmon got with uh, Justin Rowland. So that's an interesting story. Did you learn that from the San Diego Comic-Con panel? And you should go ahead and talk about that since you were just there. Yeah, well, um, panels, uh, as always, really good, really fun, um, diehard fans, and you have to be because you're, you're committing at least a minimum of four to five hours to get into the panel, and you're standing in hot San Diego sun because that's just the way it works nowadays <laughs> at San Diego Comic-Con. We'll talk about that some other time. But uh, it was a, a really fun panel. They did show some stuff for the upcoming season. Um, some of the highlights were uh, a group of five cosplayers as different Mr. Meeseeks uh, got up and asked questions, and that was hilarious. Um, there was a, an Omicron head that was kind of floating around asking everybody <laughs> to show what they got. Uh, there was a, a little, I, I, I say little kid, I guess he's probably about 
11 or 12. Um, and I don't know. You can, you can see the panel minus the upcoming footage on YouTube. And I recommend you do, cause it was a fun panel. And so I'm not going to spoil what happens with the kid, but it's worth it just for him. I mean, the whole thing, he steals the whole damn show. Uh, as far as uh, Justin and Dan themselves, it's kind of funny how they, they don't, they, they love their fans and they used to back in the day, read Reddit and read all the fan theories and, uh, not to follow them or anything like that, but just to see how involved everybody was. And now they say they're, they're completely staying away from that stuff. And they encourage the fans to come up with theories and everything else, but they refuse to really say what's real and what isn't real. Uh, one one thing that was really interesting to me was uh, Mr. Bo- Poopy Butthole. Um, I, Justin said he was in squaring the circle of how is Mr. Poopy Butthole possibly real? He concocted this wild thing where he said, well, what if these parasitic creatures that create memories also create uh, an opportunity for opportunistic creatures to glom on and enter into our dimension through there? So Mr. Poopy Butthole could have come through like that, and that's how he's able to be in all their memories and be real and (laughs) talk directly to the audience breaking the fourth wall uh, like he did at the end of uh, season two. And, Mm -hmm. you know, from a science fiction standpoint, that's kind of fucking interesting. That's a really interesting thing to play with. Isn't there a super villain in Superman like that? A little dimension dude. Yeah. He, oh, so Mr. Missileflex. Yeah. yeah. Missileflex. Yeah. He Mr. says it backwards. He goes back to his dimension, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, remi- exactly kind of reminds right. me of him. You so, have to trick him anyway. into saying his name backwards. Yeah. Or yeah, But uh, the thing that I take away from from you know seeing uh, the creators is <laughs> they definitely have a handle on the comedy side of it, but they totally have respect for the science fiction side of it and the philosophical side, which we haven't really talked about at all. But uh, there are a lot of layers to Rick and Morty, the show, and that's why I keep coming back. And season three so far hasn't really delved into any of that. It's been more of a setup. So I'm kind of hoping for a big payoff at the end of the season. We'll see what happens. Well, I feel like every season has done that, though. Every season has built up to the climactic point of episodes, and I've found season three to be really good. Yeah. Uh, If I had to pick a favorite episode, uh, Gun to My Head, I really loved – the season three opener that dropped on April fool's day with no one knowing it was going to, I mean, first off, that's brilliant in in and of itself, but again, uh, some brilliant guest casting and the whole thing uh, starting in Shoney's. And uh, I, I love that episode so much. 
saying it's it, uh, it's pretty damn brilliant. Um, so let's talk about the philosophy side of it then. So uh, it, you said that it's not really in this this. But it's early in the season. We're only three episodes in at this point. Yeah. Uh, what 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 themes do they cover on the show that you find interesting uh, in that in in the philosophical uh, style? You know, in that topic. <laughs> I'm not well, the, gonna, the, not the first one that, <laughs> um, the the first one that really caught my ear and caught my eye. The thing that just made me go, "Whoa, this is not just." Uh, you know, playing around and being funny and being silly and da-da-da was when uh, Summer was going to run away and Morty took her aside and and said, you know, I I live 20 feet from my dead, rotting corpse. That that whole monologue there, that's amazing. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. Morty, though, they drop some wisdom. There's a lot of yeah. wisdom coming out of that kid all the time, you know. I think Nobody he, exists been... on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. Come watch TV. Well, that's what <laughs> Rick told him prior. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was Rick's it's, philosophy. It's it's nihilism. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. But it's it's well, not you know. Uh, Dan Harmon said it's not really nihilism. It, it, it's not nihilism in that, yeah, everything's dark, everything sucks, but that's why we grasp onto family. That's why we make connections and people love. So it's not everything's shit. So fuck the universe. It's everything's shit. So you know. Make make the love and make the connections where you can and hold on to what's good. And, I mean, Rick himself, um, you know, Rick talks a good, dark, nihilistic game, but at the same time, he'll create a, a portal out of nowhere and he'll zap a pedophile, uh, dimensional blob king who messed with Morty jelly bean? in the bathroom. Yeah, it's, yeah well, jelly bean. Uh, the, nihilism doesn't mean that, uh, you're all fuck the world. It just means that you know there's literally you don't think anything's going to have a purpose. There's nothing beyond wanting a purpose, beyond uh, your own sense of will. You know there's no but, you know, prize at the end. It, it, Rick is not a nice character. He's not a good guy. I no. mean he's murdered. He has murdered people, and, and in the last episode, he murdered quite a few people. Uh, you know, it yep. reminded me of an of a Red Dwarf episode. Actually, um, there's a Red Dwarf episode that's very similar, where where uh, Lister gets super drunk, and he records himself <laughs> on this computer that can predict your every move. So, because he knows he needs to get his guy, I forget why, but he needs he needs Lister to do something, and he knows he won't do it. So he every time Lister tries to be pro, like you know push it off or do something goes oh no you you, you know I, he always is ahead of the game and that was kind of like and then of course he goes like saw like that and I was like oh all my horror geek fans just good ha 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 like that you know they did 
all my Gory Horror yeah. fans that are watching Rick and Morty. You know, I, I actually have to say, as much as we were dissing on Game of Thrones, I was, I should, I was dissing on Game of Thrones, let's be honest. I was the one talking shit. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like I said, I have a love-to-hate relationship with this year's um, season. I would have to say, you got Rick and Morty. You've got you had American Gods, which just finished up. You had you have uh, you have Game of Thrones. You had Twin Peaks. All of these have been Sunday shows. I think Preacher too, right? Uh, you know, Sunday nights has become like really good television. When did the hell? I mean, Sunday is amazing. When the hell did that happen? <laughs> I, you know, it used to be like one show, like everyone's waiting for the new season of Game of Thrones or True Blood. True Blood was the only thing at nine o'clock on a Sunday, right? That was it. You got, you know, everyone went home and watched that. But now, like, you have this like wonderful array of of, of geekery that you can pick from, and I really enjoy. And the ones Sunday. that are coming up in the fall, I mean, we just have a lot to look forward to as well. Uh, what do we have coming up in the fall? Well, we've got vice principals coming back for one. We have American Horror Story. We have so many things to choose from that's coming back. I'm just excited altogether for everything, <laughs> especially considering the subject matter of American Horror Story, which is cult. Yeah, and they're going to get really political with this one, I've been told. Yep, they're going to do the 2016 election kind of, that cultish kind of following that somebody yeah, developed, I guess. That's kind of interesting to me. Also, exactly. if you're not watching People of Earth, uh, it's pretty damn funny. It, it's kind of a, a gentle little comedy. Um, definitely a nice little science fiction comedy blend on TBS. Give it a look. It's good. Well, so there's a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, we lost Michelle. I oh oh good, she's back. She's back. Let me call her back. Okay. In. Yeah, it's, I'm oh. uh, I'm at the hotel for Gen Con, and I was going yeah. down the elevator, and I lost reception. Okay. So. Well, it's if you it, it's almost ten fifteen anyways. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go because you're getting ready to party, but I did want you to give a quick few minute preview of Gen Con if you have a couple more minutes. Um, and then uh, we can, you know, or you can, anything else you want to add about Rick and Morty before you go? Oh, <laughs> um, well, uh, hang on one moment, and I will pull Alrighty. something in very particular up. Um, okay. While you're pulling that uh, up, let me tell you two quick things about Rick and Morty in the news this weekend. Uh, okay. Dead Mouse, who was celebrating his weekend, Dead Mouse ended up buying the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce, not even joking. Uh, looks Yay. like he paid. <laughs> is, is that crazy? So um, uh, the the first buyer uh, didn't get back to the seller. Uh, the second one said, nope, too, too pricey for me. And I think it was something ridiculous like $15,000. They were selling what? this uh, half. Yeah, not even joking. And uh, Dead Mouse said, "Yeah, I'll buy it. I'm in." Okay. And then the yeah, other news. Uh, <laughs> I, if wow. Dead Mouse is not on a future episode of Rick and Morty, I will be upset. And um, oh, the other thing I'm sure uh, is, is Adult Swim is not going to be broadcasting uh, on their 
Adult Swim site, future Rick and Morty episodes this season. You can only get it on adultswim.com from now on. If you're a cable provider, you're already getting Adult Swim in the future. Previous to this, uh, Adult Swim had been showing the episodes uh, the day after, I think it was, or, uh, yeah, I think it was the day after. And uh, they said they're not going to be doing that. No mo. Huh. Well, well, but we, um, we, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, what I'm doing at Gen Con is I'm representing Artana Games. Um, and this year we're doing Tesla versus Edison. And it's, it's a really fun game. It's a strategy game where essentially one, you know, one player is Tesla, the other one is Edison. Uh, it's ideally four to six players. It uh, makes the game uh, progress, you know, in a faster, more fun fashion. But the object of the game is to spread your power grid to unite uh, the country. And um, that's, you know, it's essentially a domination by electricity game. And, you know, strategy. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited to get to uh, represent that. Um, and uh, and are you going to be stuck on a table the whole time, or are you going to get to go see the show? What are you most excited for? Um, well, uh, we are doing a lot of the tables this year. Uh, we intend to be demoing the game quite a bit. Um, so that's the goal. Uh, as far as uh, my free time, um, there's a few independent films that are showing at uh, the convention that I am going to go see. Um, there's too many to list as it stands, but I will do a full uh, write-up after I see them. Oh, well, that'll be awesome. I'd love to hear what, what you went to go see. Um, and, you know, it's, it's such a huge, well, people don't realize, uh, you know, it is the largest, one of the largest conventions of its kind in the world. And I believe this is, this is Gen Gen Con 50. That's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, it's been around, it's been around for that long, but that there's someone, if there's a game, it's probably debuted at Gen Con at some point, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, I've never gone. Queenie Todd, who's not with us tonight, has gone a couple of times, uh, and I, I would love to go someday. So, um, what? what uh, when should they stop by and see you at the table? I'm sorry, what was that? I said, when should they come by and see you at the table? Um, pretty much uh, any hours which the booth is open. Um, I will be there with uh, Jessica Blair and a few other really awesome people, and uh, you know, we hope to meet a lot of really cool people and have fun gaming. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, sounds awesome. Uh, let me know, you know, let us know how you did, and you're and uh, you know, we're welcome to post. Uh, if there's a trailer for your game, please post it on the Sexy Witches page. I'll share it for okay. you. Uh, so and uh, um, so, thank you for talking Rick and Morty with us. I know you're very now. You gotta. It's time to get your drink on, so you better go and get ready because it's a long weekend coming up for you. So I mean, a long weekend for most of us, but it's gonna be a 
great weekend. So have a good one and enjoy. Well, and don't forget, don't forget to go see the eclipse on the 21st if you have a few minutes. So go see it. So anyway. All right. Have a good night. Good night. You too. Good night. You, bye. So yay. I love her calling in. Uh, so thank you again. That was Michelle Nesk in uh, Washington, not in Portland. <clears throat> Though I, I always think she's from Portland because, yeah, she, all her movies are shot there. But, no, she's from Washington. And she will be at Gen Con in Indianapolis and uh, selling uh, her her game, uh, you know, showing this game. It will be awesome. So go see her. And, and if, you have to, if you're near the Annapolis area, it is the place to be. And I think that's it. I'm just going to sign up, plug my campaign for just another Antichrist. Um, just, okay, so we're not signing off yet, but uh, Michelle Ness said, oh, before you guys sign off, can you please plug my campaign for just another Antichrist? The answer is yes, I can plug <laughs> for just another Antichrist uh, link, uh, please, because I am doing it now. Hold on. Live radio. This is fun. (laughs) 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 All good. Link, please. Okay. So we'll see if she gets back to us with the link. Um, In the meantime, um, Erin Marie, you also are going to be busy this weekend, right? Yes, I'm going to be very busy. So um, Uh, I'm going to Monster Mania. And I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> You're coming by, right? Yes, yes. Um, I have to take I have to take the new addition to the family to her first dentist appointment at three thirty. But I'm going to be leaving right after that, so I should be up there by like ten, eleven o'clock. Okay, fabulous. And so, Monster Mania, New Jersey. Uh, this is the second one this year in New Jersey. This was our friend Doctor's favorite convention yeah. in the country, and mm. it was it was fantastic. And it is pretty good. I went there on the last Jersey one, and I'm going to be going not to this one, but to the next one, which is at the end of the, the one in Hunt Valley. <laughs> One in Hunts Valley in Maryland, and yeah. my friend John is probably going to join me. John Hazel is going to join me on that, so that'll be nice. I'll have company at that one. So, uh, but in the meantime, Erin Marie is going up with her family, and they're going to have a blast. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, did you hear? We just had a cancellation. Uh, yeah, Feruza Bach canceled. So, yeah, I'm kind of so disappointed because because. Lydia, I'm taking my daughter to this one because her favorite TV show is Dexter. And Jennifer Carpenter, who played Deborah on Dexter, you know, Dexter's sister, is going to be there. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, the last time I took her to a convention solely because it was somebody who she kind of idolized was Robert Englund. So this was very important for her. Missing a day of school is not going to (laughs) hurt. So um, she worked out her schedule so she didn't have to cancel. There's an early, early, early signing on Saturday morning from like 8 a.m. to 1030 because she has to be at the airport by 11 um, because of a filming schedule. But she'll be there Friday as well, uh, which, of course, we're going to be hitting it Friday first thing. And um, Feruza Balk had to cancel. And out of all the movies that Lydia has seen, uh, the craft was one, not one of them, um, and that was one I got her to watch. And now, of course, she's not going to be able to meet her. 
But uh, I did get her to watch Ghosts in the Darkness uh, with Val Kilmer. And I'm trying to get her to watch Real Genius before we leave. I think I'm going to do that with her tomorrow. Real uh, morning. Genius and Top Secret. Top Secret. Top Secret. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Show her Top Secret. Top Secret the is top, fabulous as well. Uh, top Secret is one of my favorite movies. And I and my husband gave me the vinyl soundtrack to that movie <laughs> as a present for one of my birthdays. <laughs> And I am going to get that cover signed by Val Kilmer because he's also coming to yes. uh, Monster Mania. Yes, he's in going Maryland. to the Hunt Valley at right. once. Exactly. Yeah. So I so show her, show her Top Secret because Top Secret. I will. It doesn't. It ages well. It's still funny as hell. It is so good. I will. Uh, you know, and you know, uh, before before I went and uh, saw John Cusack, her and I watched Better Off Dead together. So, you know, I've I've had fun introducing her to some of the kookier 80s comedies recently. One Crazy um, Summer. One Crazy Summer is fabulous, yes. Yeah. But like the whole, I want my $2. That's just fucking classic. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she had to know where so that good. comes from. <laughs> so um, she's very much looking forward to that. Um, the I'm trying to prepare her for the party atmosphere being very different. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you know, I'm just going to have fun this weekend. I'm going up early to visit a friend in Pennsylvania. And, you know, there I'm going to be staying around in the area until like Tuesday. But I'm really looking forward to other than Jennifer Carpenter, of course, um, I can't remember his name at the moment. It's Robert something. It's like three names. But it's the guy who is the main character in Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is one of mine and Lydia's favorite movies. We each, really? we have two shirts. We have two shirts that match Lydia and I, and Silent Night, Deadly Night is one of them. And this year, his photo op is he's going to be in costume in the exact pose that we have on our T-shirt. <laughs> So like we that has to happen. <laughs> uh, okay, I can I can see that I can see that it can happen. Yeah. So Monster Mania exactly. is a pretty good show. Um, uh, very crowded. Friends are very crowded. Very crowded, especially on that Saturday. I can't believe how crowded it was. Uh, it and I would never waste autographs. I would never matter. waste my money on a VIP ticket if you just want to go to a VIP party because not many of the guests show up. There have been ones in the past which have been actually quite fabulous, but uh, but the last one was lackluster. No, but but there are special packages that you might want to consider for if you want to get, guarantee a high-end person. Uh, they do do that at, uh, like, like uh, oh. Val Kilmer probably. I don't know if they have one yeah. for him or not, but like John Cusack did. Well, Deirdre's, Deirdre's they, already got the Kate Beckinsale one. So, Kate Beckinsale does, yeah. So you kind of so, and Kate Beckinsale uh, is is actually is had to cut some of her time sh- down, but she is yeah, she, she did. was able to clear her schedule enough to get some of it in. So she she that's pretty cool. Oh, her. Uh, yeah, she she she. Yeah, they're really talk, trying. And she I'm really kind of tried. surprised after the things that she's experienced in the past few, especially the one in Tampa where she had to have a stalker arrested. Ugh. You know, 
but but I also think she also you know that you know the ones that like to do the shows do them multiple times because they they enjoy these shows because it's real fan interactions and I've always thought she's relatively personable so you know uh, yeah you know, I'm really looking forward to meeting her yeah it, and uh, they just announced time. recently they just announced recently Peter <laughs> Weller as well so I kind of wanted to get oh. her to watch RoboCop before <laughs> we go. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, Bonds because it's 30 years ago. It's classic. It just, just had its birthday, and it, it, it's still one of the best. I mean, the, the the effects still hold up. It's still as gory as any horror film, and I allowed it on I my know. She's 30 gonna years love of it. panels. Yeah, so, yeah, show her RoboCop. Don't show her any others. That's the first one. That's all she needs to see. Uh, and the rest of them, you know, no, see the first one. So, even though I did see the second one in the theaters, actually. Um, so. Isn't that the one with the great eye shot where he shoots the guy in the eye and it's just this great gory shot? I'm pretty sure it's the I second one. I don't know. No, I, don't the, know. I just remember the, the, the second one has the creepy kid in it. And there's the another creepy robot. Kid oh, yeah. And the, uh, the psychopath killer in brain in the robot and the yeah, drug is called right. nuke yeah yes that, that's definitely with a one with the eye shot then okay well okay we're all talking about the same film so you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so good we're on the same page for a change uh, so, uh, so yeah, so what, so yeah, it sounds like the lineup is kick-ass as usual for any month. It, yeah? it, it um, is. Deirdre and I, the very first convention we ever went to was Blood at the Beach 2 in Virginia Beach, and we caught the fever really quickly. Um, and the very first, uh, the, the very first real convention convention we attended was Monster Mania in 2013, and this year is the first year we've returned to it, and it was good enough that we are going again. Nice. So cool. Uh, and the Soska sisters, you actually haven't met them yet. This will be your first time. No, I have not. And I was hoping yeah. to get to watch Dead Hooker in a Trunk myself before I got to code because the only thing I know them from is the Elevator show, which I'm not a fan of, and uh, have- American Mary, which I am a fan of. Um, oh, you know, Dead Hooker in the Trunk has got some things going for it. Um, you know, they were also in a movie that's not theirs, but it's a really good film. It's called Suburban Gothic, and that was, I think, the follow-up. Yeah, to I heard about that too. Excision. Um, and so, uh, and then See No Evil too, which they did direct. That actually is not that bad. I actually thought was okay. So, uh, you know, but I, uh, you know, but uh, they, they have a really good eye. They definitely do. So I'm so glad you're going to get to finally meet them. I still haven't met them yet. So, so that is their first Monster Mania appearance, by the way. Da da da. You know. So, anyway. And a returning favorite, Daniel Harris, who had kind of retired from conventions a few years ago. Oh, and by the way, Robert Brian Wilson was Billy. Uh, she was Night, in Deadly the Hatchet Night. movies. She was the little uh, kid in Halloween oh. 4 and 5. Oh. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Harris, Harris is a screen huge. queen. She's and she even directed man. a movie of her own. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I did watch it in preparation to meeting her. It's called Amongst Friends, which was actually a pretty good movie considering the budget not it must have had. 
Daniel Harris has a draw. She's very popular. I like her a lot too. She's a pretty good actress. She's been a, she's a screen queen since she was a kid. So she's definitely worth seeing. And like I, I was just rereading because I had to look them up because there's photo ops this year. Stephen Dash is doing his uh, uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 photo op. And and who you couldn't remember his name, Robert Brian Wilson, who was Billy and Saturday yeah, Night Yeah, that's it. He's doing, I knew he had he's to doing a photo op. Yeah, in costume. Yep, he's going to be in the Santa Claus costume. And yeah. somebody else is going to so, be in costume. Is it Tom Morga? No, Stephen Dash. Jason Five. Stephen Dash is going to be in costume. Oh, Stephen so Dash. he's going to have the potato yeah. sack. Nice. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, I knew there was somebody else in costume. Yeah, those are Excellent. the two main. Uh, I'm really looking Tom forward Moraga to Tom Moraga is going to be there, but he's not doing the photo op. <laughs> so, um and Bill Mosley and Sid Haig and Derek Mears is going to be there as well. PJ Souls. I mean, you guys. You know who? Like, you know, there's Jeffrey this Cole big uptrend. Yeah, but there's this big uptrend in costumes from the from the movies recently. And you know who I would love to see in costume? Zach Galligan from Gremlins. I would like to see him yeah. in his little parka and sweater carrying a little gizmo. <laughs> he is going to be there, but I don't think he's doing that. That would be kind of messed up. But uh, No, but that would be great. <laughs> I, I don't really I, – I have a lot of mixed feeling about the costume photo ops. I mean, one thing if it's Elvira. And honestly, if Jeffrey Combs did Herbert West, yeah, in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, I, uh, oh, I would yeah. say double. But honestly, I really don't need them to be dressed up. Uh, you know, I, I really just like having a nice photo, you know, of a, of a standing together. I do, too. But but then there's you times know. that it's just really fun. Like, I had a photo op with uh, the guy who I can't remember his name right now. They're all starting to blend together in my head. I've met so many by now. Hmm. Um, but he played Doofy in um, the Scary Movie series. And, I mean, he was completely in character the entire time, talking like Doofy, saying things he would have. It was hysterical. I mean, easily one of the best photo ops I've ever been to because it was just pure comedy. You know, well, that's the voice acting. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. So, well, great. I'm glad you're going to have a good time. And let's continue onwards um, and and talk about the rest of the couple weeks before we come back on air because there's still a lot more things happening and I'm about to do some stuff too. So I'm going to continue. So thank you for that wonderful preview of Monster Mania, Erin Marie. Um, I do. I'm currently in Roanoke, so I am going to have to bow out for the community calendar. And I will... I will definitely be back for the <laughs> the review of Monster Mania Weekend. <laughs> All right, and that'll be uh, we're coming back on on the 29th, and that's when you'll recap it then. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Aaron, I'll right. talk to you later. But Aaron Kogan, you can't leave. I'm going to need you for the calendar. I will try to get through it. It's not very long, but we do have a couple hmm, things right. we need to talk about. Night, guys. Right. Show. <laughs> night. Have a good night, Aaron. So, 
but I haven't pulled out the community calendar bag in a while because I've been way too busy doing stuff. <laughs> so, you know, to even talk about it. But here, we got a few things we should talk about because it's the end of geek season, but there's still a lot of geekiness to be had before Halloween kicks in. So, first oh, yeah. thing, so let's talk about it. You know, of course, we just talked about on the 17th Gen Con in Indianapolis and the largest gaming convention in the world and one of the oldest at 50 years old. Just kind of amazing. So, not only is Michelle going to be there um, doing her wares, but she's also working on a film. And I wanted to talk about that real, real quick uh, for and give it a quick plug because it's, it's currently it's raising funds and it just started. Um, it's called Just Another Antichrist, and it's um, a Z monster returns in the next hair-raising piece, a date with a priest. That's what it is. And, and so um, there's a trailer on Indiegogo right now. They only have a few backers, but uh, I guarantee you that she makes movies, and they will come out. So uh, I will. Uh, so she's going to be my. Uh, I don't crowdsource choice very often, but I definitely wanted to crowdsource and get, make that my crowdsourcing pick of the sexy witches for this episode. So I'll have that up so people can look at it if they want to contribute or not. So uh, good nice. luck, and I hope she raised a bunch of money. So uh, um, Michelle is uh, her her last film, *Ulysses*, was actually very well received in the found footage community so she's got some you know so she keeps making movies and hawking uh video games so awesome life living in seattle (laughs) so uh (laughs) so anyway we'll move on because you know there's other things to do besides gen con if you want to do something closer to home can't make it to indianapolis you can just look for your local theater to see if fathom events is having a rift track live near you because on the 17th there will be doing the five doctors. So the Doctor Who episode. Uh, and uh, it's going to repeat, I think, a couple of days later. But this is the actual On live the 24th, event. On so I believe, is the repeat. Yes, I believe that is correct. And so 817. So if you want to go see the Doctor Who, they've been talking about this thing for a while. So it might be a lot of geeky fun. Mystery Science Theater 3000 alum geeking on Doctor Who. I mean, that's like a too much geekery on cheese. It's becoming this like big warp of cheese and low grade special effects. I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway. So, I'm going. Uh, all right. So. So Monster Mania, Aaron Murray really wanted me to go, and I already went to one this year, and I was kind of like, but I am going to go to the one in Maryland. But there's a real reason why I'm not going with her to the Jersey one, is that um, I, I actually have the ultimate geekery choice for the community calendar, and it is not horror, it is not a screening, it is not a media convention, it is a natural fucking phenomenon. On August 21st, my pick to go and do is the total eclipse of the sun that is happening in the United States. The next one, folks, doesn't happen until 2024, so this will be a bit, it'll be a little while until you, if you missed this one. And boy, does a lot of people in the United States get to see it because it starts in Portland and goes all the way across the U.S. in an arcing motion down through Charleston, <laughs> it hits Nashville, it hits Memphis, 
So totality hits the major, major cities along the way. So Portland gets the totality. Charleston gets totality. Those are the last. Those are the two farthest cities from each other on the arc. And I will be in Charleston with friends and family to watch uh, to watch the total eclipse of the sun. So I am pretty fucking excited. I've been waiting for this pretty much all my life. This has definitely been a bucket list item to see one. I only have one pair of glasses. This is a problem. Find there is, I don't know if you've heard of the great glasses drought of 2017, but nobody no. has such glasses anywhere. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, supposedly the one of the companies is getting some in on the 17th, okay, which is Thursday, right? Or is it Friday? Yeah. Friday. Okay, Friday the 17th. And they're going to ship out same day and get it in the Saturday mail. And I don't leave wow. to Charleston until 19th, so that's Sunday morning. So I might get the glasses in time. I ordered a five-pack, but I probably won't. Oh. But let's see, if Am- let's see if Amazon Prime does what it says. <laughs> so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so I this wish is they were uh, this is exclusive to North America, right? Dr. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has been saying this is the American eclipse, right? Yeah, well, but it, it is. And, and, and even though if you're not on the path of totality, then a lot of people are going to get 80% and, and uh, yeah. you know, all the way up through Maryland on our side. So uh, you can see a really nice eclipse. Just remember, don't look directly at it until the corona is completely exposed. Always wear your glasses. And once the diamond ring kicks in, which is the end of the eclipse uh, of totality, put your glasses back on. So remember that. Don't burn your eyes. It's it's really really sucks. Don't look at the sun directly. So uh, and, and it is being say, broadcast on the web, of course. Yes, and it is. NASA is going to mega cast it all over the United States. A lot of local libraries are going to do that. A lot of local libraries are giving out glasses, and some of them are holding on to their glasses till they're programmed. So uh, Charleston has a few places doing that. Charleston also has a stadium available to the public, and and they're going to, you know, they opened up the stadium to uh, solar viewing. And um, so did Nashville. Nashville has opened up a stadium, one of the state, um, to uh, viewing, because they're on totality as well. So, uh, you know, so uh, Memphis has got the longest totality, almost two minutes, and we get it for about a minute 40 where we're going to be in Charleston. So that's pretty nice. good. I'm actually very, very happy with that. Um, the whole event starts for us on Eastern Time 1 and ends by about 4.10. Uh, totality is 2.46, I believe, where, I'm, where we're going to be, somewhere around there. And, and if you want to know how much totality you are getting, Googlevox.com, they did um, a wonderful, a total eclipse, Vox.com, they did this wonderful article where all you have to do is put your zip code in, and it will actually give you a little screen, and it will tell you how the exact time and how much percentage of totality, and then the screen shows you the phases of the moon, of moon shadows that goes over the sun. And you can see what it's going to look like. And so it's really cool. It's very simple. And it's awesome. Is there a link to that on the Sexy Witches Facebook page? There will be. There will be one. Right on. I do have a link. Okay, here's my question. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Here, here's my question. Is the total eclipse of the sun going to be as good as a total eclipse of the heart? Oh, yeah, no, boo. I, you know, well, if, if, now, if, 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 if she was singing the song while it was, like, happening, that would be kind of Oh, neat. God. I you can know? only dream. I, the event at Nashville, I believe, is going to have um, string, like, like a string orchestra in on the field. What? So, That's yeah. That's there's very cool. all sorts of odd part. Yeah, there's all sorts of odd parties about to happen. Uh, you know, uh, there was some. Uh, there's a lake. Are they going to be playing a little goose a little the planets, or what are they doing? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. Well, That's really cool. cool. I gotta look that up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually did share that. If you go to my page and, and uh, my my actual profile and search Eclipse 2017 with a colon, it should come up with a bunch of posts. I don't use hashtags very often because uh, I think they're a little bit intrusive. I don't need people to read my stuff years later. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, a lot of my stuff is the now, you know, <laughs> so, you know, look for it yeah. in the now. But uh uh, but anyway, so yeah, total eclipse of the sun. I'll be in Charleston, South Carolina, with my friends and family, mm-hmm. and a um, bunch of science nerds living in a, uh, sharing a room together. It'll be awesome. And Charleston's a beautiful city, and uh, you know, and it's it's a good city to walk around and take the carriage rides. And the history is just astounding, and the buildings and the architecture are incredible. So it's a really great city to hang out in, watch an eclipse. So. Now, moving on, because, you know, um, there's more to eclipse uh, to Armageddon. Well, this is a nice little timely jump, but this is on the big screen. Uh, I do have a theatrical, couple theatrical picks this week. One is um, in, on 825, uh, so next week. Um, Terminator 2 returns to the theaters, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, some and uh, just recently... Uh, James Cameron announced that some of these screenings will be post-conversion 3D. So we're going to get 3D screenings of uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but, you know, hey, there's your options. So that's 825. Uh, and you just look up on Fandango. It's going to come up as a wide release. So, um, you know, hey, I saw it in the theaters. It was a lot of fun in the theaters. And in those days, the CG holds up because they were spending so much time with it because uh, they were so, like, trying to show off what they could do with those days. So short and sweet moments. And, and this was, like, at the time was the pinnacle of, of, of CGI. Uh, and it still, I think, looks pretty good. Do you agree? Do you think it still looks pretty good? I think it does. Yeah, I do. I, I was just trying to remember. Uh, was it originally slated to be 3D and they decided not to? Am I remembering I that correctly? Or, mm. I don't remember because that was a long time ago. That was the year I graduated yeah, high school. So, you know, uh, so yeah. I, I I don't quite remember like that detail, And just this week so. or last, uh, James Cameron announced he's returning to the series of movies uh, because he says uh, – Real life is caught up with the technology. So, well, we kind of have. We have AI now. Some more. Um, yeah, although, I, do we really need a geriatric Arnold Schwarzenegger running around as a prototype Terminator? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm know. skeptical. But I, we'll see. I, I, we'll I see. Like, 
I don't know. I, I don't think it, I don't know why we need any more of those films. I don't mind that they're, they exist, but you know, honestly, I'd like to see some original stories instead of directors repeating themselves over and over again. Amen. You know, Amen. Uh, and James Cameron is completely capable of directing original material. We know this. Everyone knows this. Uh, you know he's he got nine av- uh, avatars in the pipeline, right? Yeah, well, nine, but he's got five that Yeesh. are completed, like, like script-wise. Oh, my God. You know, I know. Uh, so there's guaranteed five movies. You know, do okay. we really need that many? I mean, it, it, it feel, I, I don't mind sequels sometimes. Like, and, you know, I get the whole, I kind of appreciate what Marvel's doing with the whole overarching theme. Uh, but honestly, I, I find that I look at the screen in the summertime and they wonder why people aren't going. It's because I see the same movies I saw last year. You know, I want to see some new films. That's why even though big Hollywood's slumping, if you, it's not actually true. If you dig down, you'll see there's been some huge sleeper hits. And Baby Driver just crossed $100 million. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. So, uh, you know, so there are um, movies uh, out there and they're not Hollywood. Valerian, Valerian is, okay, is, right? is technically considered an independent film, and it's like on on schedule to be in the top ten independent films ever. Yeah, no. So uh, there, th- that's the thing. It's the smaller films that are doing well, and people are going yeah. to see them once again. Alamo Draft House and these art house movie theaters, uh, ones that serve food and beer, are are still bringing people to <laughs> the theaters because people want to go. The Fathom Events thing is doing okay, I've been told. Uh, you know, because because people want to go to event films. That's why Terminator yeah. 2 is going to do well. People want to see these films, like, again, uh, you know, matter of fact, I mean, why do everyone go to the Colonial Theater? Because they want to see cool 35-millimeter prints of their favorite Italian horror films, you know? And yeah. it's one of the only places you can see that. So, you know, uh, people like to see the big stuff on the big screen every once in a while. Um, Absolutely and, right. And, and, and it's cool. I, I agree. Every You know, I love the UC Theater Um when I grew up in Berkeley, they used to do a lot of revival films. And one of the films I finally got to see on the big screen was Harold and Maude, and I got to see it there. And, you know, I was talking about a film I loved and then seeing it on the big screen for the first time and just being blown away. You know, I, I don't want to – people need you, – you can see a movie and then go see it on the big screen and still be wowed by it, even if you've seen it a million times, which I had seen at that point Harold and Maude, oh, so many times. So, <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, Quentin Tarantino at his uh, his theater out here, uh, he's going to be having a a seventy millimeter festival. And I can't wait. Are you going? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure uh, at least a couple of them. Well, let us know. I'll let you know. I'm curious. I'll All let right, you cool. know for sure. All right. Speaking of festivals, we got a couple more things, and we're going to sign off for the night. So, um, 827 and 828. So we're almost to the end of the of because uh, um, our next show is the 829. Uh, Ghibli Fest comes mm. back. Uh, all summer, there's been on the last weekends of the month, uh, they've been reviving all of this, playing every single. Uh, uh, Studio Ghibli movie up to the new one that's coming out and uh, this time it's one of my favorites Laputa Castle in the Sky 
which is absolutely one of the best ones he did. I love that one. It's weird. It's wonderful. It's got everything you want in the Miyazaki. You got pirates. You got movement. You got steampunk. You got science fiction. You have a little bit of mystical stuff. You got cute creatures. Uh, you know, the, you have to be careful. There are many copies of it out there. Um, the older dubs aren't that good. Even the one that came out with John Lasseter's set didn't have a very great script. The last DVD release, I believe they fixed that, which I thought was really good that they wrote a fresh script for it, American script, uh, which is honestly a weird thing to say about Miyazaki scripts because John Lasseter's scripts for all the other films were really, really good. Uh, I thought mm. um, so, uh, you know, the American scripts, but, uh, but Lepita in itself and the Japanese is also really, really good. Uh, you know, it's, it's, so any version of that is fine. I'm just talking about the American dub if you don't want to read subtitles, uh, but the movie itself is really cool. And so I, I highly recommend going to see it. Have, have you ever seen it? I'm sure you have. Um, so. No, actually I've missed that one. Castle in the Sky. Oh man, it, uh, it's 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 got floating. Wait a second, wait a second. Maybe I have seen so Castle weird. in the Sky. I must have yeah, seen Castle in the Sky. I can't, it has a for the life of me, I can't it. remember. What's that? It has a princess in it too. So I'm trying to remember which one that is. Um, it's well, not the it one with like the. You have uh, some the young woman who keeps changing back ages, is it? No, that's Howl's Moving Castle. Love Howl's. You know what? Maybe I need to see uh, Castle in the Sky again because it's not really sticking with me. It's weird. It's not a, It's not as good as either one of those films, but I love the film anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of serious stuff. It's, it, I think they did it right after Nausicaa, which is like, you know, Nausicaa is Nausicaa. That movie is hardcore. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. Can I tell but, you which yeah, one I can... really, really like? Which one? Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Porco Rosso. I think it's Porco beautiful Rosso and phenomenal. quiet. Isn't it great? And, and I recently an resaw Tales of, from Earthsea, and I liked it much better uh, the second time than I did the first time. Tales from Earthsea is just weird, but it actually isn't that it bad. Is. I actually kind of like it. Um, but but honestly, the uh, the one that we were just talking about, the one before that, Porco Rosso. just mentioned. Porco Rosso, Porco Rosso, here's an example of an excellent American dub script, and it's the Michael Keaton's American dub yeah. on – the, on John Lasseter's um, releases, it's so good. It, 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 you know, it, it's wonderful that when, when you can, like, watch both tracks and realize how close uh-huh. to them they're each other, yet the style and the acting is so completely Michael Keaton, and he's so good as Porco Rosso. So I, I recommend really watching both versions of that movie because they're both really good. So, uh, you know, um, uh, so, yeah, I love that too. So Miyazaki... Go see his movies. There's a couple more weeks before they're over, uh, and uh, I love that they're showing his films all summer. So here, once again, these small little boutique independent, like, like standalone mm-hmm. releases, and people are going to see them. So, um, right on. And last but 
not least, this, that's the end of the community calendar, but we have one more piece of news because um, the head founder of uh, of net co-founder of Flip Netflix, uh, he actually, and Mr. I, I forget his first name, his second name is Low. His last name is Low. He um, announced uh, this week, uh, or actually even today, called uh, a new website called Movie Pass. Now, Movie Pass has been out for a while, but they've actually changed the subscription fee. And this is the big deal. Okay, get ready for this, Aaron. This is going to be up your alley yeah. if this works out. It is ten bucks <laughs> a month. It's like nine ninety nine a month or something like that. And you get with that a card that gives you one free movie a day at four thousand screens participating. That's genius. That is freaking yeah. genius. No, I'm. I'm gonna jump free. on that so fast because that just can't last. Yeah, well, that's, that's the amazing. thing. AM, here at 48 minutes before um, I got on air, Variety posted <laughs> that AMC hmm. had already was looking into threatening legal action against Movie Pass <laughs> for their wow. for their business model. They think it's going to be a failed business model, and so they're going to sue them. Really? Now, if you read the whole article, and I have posted it on Sexy Wishes already. You'll see that there's actually some bad blood between AMC and MoviePass. They were actually working on the model together, and somehow they have a falling out, and they just don't get along. Like, uh, like, you know, remember the, the, this guy is also the uh, creator of Redbox. So Redbox mm-hmm. and, and Netflix are not the friends of the theater chain. So they're not really accepting of this guy's new business models. <laughs> so. Uh, so let's well, watch that check and see that what out. goes down. But, you know, for yeah. for me, if one of my local theaters ha- had accepted one movie past a day from me, boy, I just have to go to two films and I've got it for the month and I'm covered. I mean, that's great. No doubt. I never have – I would go to the films all the time. And, yes, I would spend money, more money at the concession stands because I, I can't Absolutely. Afford, you know – it gives me extra cash to do that. So I actually think no it doubt. might be a good idea. And you're often not going to go by yourself. Often you bring someone with you when you go. Once again, we like when the theater, you want to enjoy the experience with others. That's why you go to the theater. Now, people yeah. have been bad apples over the years with texting and making noise. But honestly, there's still nothing quite like spending a room full of people all enjoying the film at the same time. It really isn't. People Amen. like that feeling. So, so you don't go alone. You and they are going to pay. It's a community thing, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't see. I see a lot of positivity in this. And if this business model works out, I totally want to be on board for this. So anyway, so MoviePass.com and I've, I, I've MoviePass. both both the announced the the MoviePass page and the Variety article on Sexy Witches already. So that's right. it. I'm and done. We're Wait, one thing, one quick thing. Uh-huh. We mentioned yeah. this while you were out here. We have to, you know, take our hats off and salute June Foray. It's Animation August. Yes. And she was the queen. Uh, Chuck Jones said June Foray was not the female male bl- Mel Blank. Mel Blank was the male June Foray. God bless That's it. That's absolutely correct. Rest mm. in peace, dear soul. June Foray, 
Marnie Nixon, and Eleanor Audrey. Those are the three most important women voice actors of their generation. And we lost, no now the, all three have now passed on. And, and, you know, not only was she Rocky and Bull, I mean, she's Bull, you know, Rocky and Rocky and Bull. Oh, God. And Natasha. Uh, Rocky the Flying I mean, Squirrel. Uh, she I mean, was Cindy Lou Who. She was Magicka Dispel on the old DuckTales. Uh, she, she was working was until just Jokey recently. Smurf. She's yeah. To this day. She did everything. I mean, she, she did TV, movies, video games. Oh, my God. You know, and she's on some – I think she's in some of the Disneyland rides. Is she not? Like, she might be in one or two of them. I'm trying to think. Because um, I know that Eleanor Audley is on the Haunted Mansion, and so is Carl Ferrer. Uh, um, let's see. So who else is there? Uh, and then, of course – Martin Ravencroft is also on the Haunted Mansion, but I was like, I have to look that up. So, or Thur- is it Thermon? Anyway, uh, but anyway, oh, I digress. But that's it. We got to go. But yes, rest in peace, June Foray. And I am so, like, she lived a long life and left an amazing legacy. <laughs> I mean, you can't, like, so shout out to her. And uh, we're done. Yeah. And we're going to continue Animated August in 29th. And maybe we'll talk some more about her, too. Because um, uh, our next. Our next uh, animation August will be September 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going to discuss Bruce Timm and his DC Universe, which he first created with Batman the Animated Series in the 90s. Uh, you know, uh, one of the most important animated TV shows to the state, adults, children, everyone loves it. But it also created a universe which gave us some of the Justice League, um, Justice League United, one of the best cartoons ever. Uh, and and a lot of other great, wonderful uh, movies and TV series in the animated DC universe, which is so far kicking the live-action Snyder versus ass. So uh, <laughs> all, yeah. all those movies rock it. Uh, so I can't wait to talk Bruce Tin. Uh, Brittany Goldilocks of Atlanta, Georgia may call in for that, and she may also give us a Dragon Con preview of that episode. I really hope that works mm. out. And Aaron, thank you for being on the show tonight with us. And I want to also thank my other guest, Michelle Nesk, for being on the show tonight. And Aaron Kogan, thank you for being on the show tonight. My pleasure. Sir? I'm so glad. Thank you for filling in for Queenie. Sorry, Queenie couldn't make it tonight, Uh, but she should be back on our our, uh, Bruce Tim episode of Animation August. And tonight I'm going to leave you with one more Japanese cut. I listened to one of the cooler things I did at Otakon was called Awesomely Bad Japanese Videos, and they played a bunch of music videos from Japan. And actually, honestly, I must have really liberal taste because I thought most of it was pretty fun and pretty good. And one of the pieces they played was this dance number by this chick named Wednesday Campanella. And I actually thought it was okay. It's a little weird, but it's pretty good. And it's called Diablo. So we'll come back on the 29th. And once again, good film hunting and blessed be. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. いいだね、いい湯だね。手の指の皮がふやけるね。いいだね、いい湯だね。ほどほどにしないと伸ばせるね。肩こりを通に、下ひろに、死にしよう。リウマチ神経痛。切れると
言わずとその仲間たちもあっという間に速乾地これで悪魔も健康体寿命が伸びる10万歳一日の疲れを癒してそこでレッツバスラメン俺の親父のそのまた前の前の前の前の前から着いたこのかまど下町店頭バンダイの仕事人気は自慢の露天風呂砂風呂青風呂水風呂水風呂看板浴に足にジェットバス地元民から愛され続ける最終浴場ティアルーロ入浴料400円サウナ追加料金200円ドライヤー3分間20円カード牛乳石鹸80円足拭きマットで戦闘防止貴重品類盗難防止ドンロンロガキお湯は快適な温度用重度器シビルデーモンサタンにルシファー畑になってるアルファルファー風呂に入れば誰でも焦点目を押すけどあくまで焦点ジング来店ポリスが入浴イングリッシュマンインニューヨーク I want you I need you でも take care of me I miss you
上班嘞，还需要个坐地啊。